0: In this episode, we speak with Rodrigo Liang, the co-founder and CEO of SambaNova Systems. Customers turn to SambaNova to quickly deploy state-of-the-art generative AI capabilities within the enterprise. Its purpose-built enterprise-scale AI platform is the technology backbone for the next generation of AI computing. Headquartered in Palo Alto, California, the company was founded in 2017 by industry luminaries and is backed by investors including SoftBank, funds and accounts managed by BlackRock, Intel Capital, Google Ventures, and other notable investors. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. If you like the episode, click to follow. RJ Lumba is the Managing Partner of GrowthCap and the Executive Chairman of Market Insight Media. He is the host of Growth Investor, a podcast featuring today's best investors, executives, and founders. In the minutes ahead, we'll uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. Rodrigo, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's a delight to be with you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, RJ.
0: So you're in the very exciting area of AI. It is the buzzword of the year and, and past several years. You know, it's really impressive. I think what uh, SambaNova Systems does, I was just refreshing, watched one of your uh, demo videos, and it seems like it's more powerful, more accurate than chat GPT. I'm generalizing, of course, but tell us about kind of the value proposition, which will give us a sense of the power behind SambaNova Systems.
1: Right. So artificial intelligence is going to be a a global transition for everybody. And so as someone of them, we're very, very focused on businesses. And so if you think about the business requirements, the enterprise requirements for AI, the data security, the data privacy, the data accuracy, the model accuracy requirements for business, significantly higher than the consumer side. And so as someone of we're very focused on creating the technologies that allow companies to be able to use their most private data right, the most secure data, and then train them into their own models that produce the highest results. And that's what you're seeing in our demo, that the results come from actually training them on private data and being able to then do the things that the businesses want to do without having to carry all the tax that comes from a consumer grade model where you learn Miley Cyrus and Shakespeare as much as you learn about your business.
0: Now let's talk about the overall offering, because I believe you're a full stack solution, including hardware, which is going to be different from what most people understand about AI.
1: Right. You know, and so some of we decided very early in the company to deliver full stack. And what does that mean? We actually get down to the chips where today many people are using NVIDIA chips, but what we found is that for us to be able to deploy this anywhere, and I mean, anywhere in the world on-prem and clouds on-prem, you know, first to deliver anywhere, we actually had to reduce the footprint of hardware required in order to actually run these very large trillion parameter models, right? That most companies weren't in a position to be able to install large supercomputers everywhere. Right. And so we created our own chip with our own systems that then are optimized on these trillion parameter models so that companies can have their own GPT models. Right. you need high quality models, which are now into the trillion parameters. You see kind of chat GPT has been a great service to everybody on showing at least for a few use cases what AI could really do. But now many businesses are thinking, well, I might not be able to disclose my data to those domains. How can I have those capabilities, but in a private domain? And so because we have a full stack where we do our own chips, our own systems, our own software and preload these models on behalf of our customers, then we can just roll in everything, including into the customer secure environment and start training on the private data without having them disclose it outside their firewalls. And so many of our customers are on-prem or in their secure enclaves and they don't have to worry about can I release that information or do I have to do some extra security Measures in order to disclose that information, they can still get their own privately trained models.
0: You know, you've raised over a billion dollars. I'd like to actually, for the benefit of our audience, provide an illustrative example of a company using your system. Before we do that, though, I'd love to get into your background because I think that'll help set the stage. This is a Herculean task, I feel like, what you've been able to kind of build. So if we could go back to the beginning, Tell us where you started and kind of your career path.
1: Sure. You know, I was an undergrad and graduate school student uh, out of Stanford. And uh, when I graduated, I went and started working at Hewlett Packard, building enterprise class processors and enterprise class chips into these large enterprise servers, these large computers. This was in the mid-90s. And over the course of that period, you, know, you installed a lot of mission critical systems into the largest companies in the world. So a lot of, kind of what I've learned over the last 25, 30 years of just creating technology for enterprises is just how complex business needs are when it comes to managing their data, managing their computing, managing mission critical applications once you deploy in production. It can't go down it has to be able to be audited it has to be all, all the things that businesses have to worry about and so build an entire career around building technology for those use cases and moved around did a couple of startups ended up running sun microsystems uh, spark processor unit for the development of that for 15 years through the acquisition of sun by oracle where i just learned a lot about what enterprise software looks like and how do you create high quality, highly secure, highly private software that allows enterprises to build entire businesses around, right? And so when we started in 2017 with my co-founders who are professors at Stanford, we really just leaned into that multi-decade expertise around creating technology, hardware, and software together to power a client base that we just were very, very familiar with, which are these large enterprises where where data and privacy was
0: just of utmost importance. Mm -hmm. So is there maybe a, a certain sector and then a client in that sector, which would best demonstrate the power of the system?
1: You know we're super excited. We just announced recently this uh, large partnership with a tremendous company called Analog Devices. Some of you with audience may know it's a, a Fortune 500 company that's been around for over 50 years, and their devices are in places that we use every day, and we don't even realize it, right? These are chips that uh, are going into almost everything that we do and powers the world. Now, it's a business that's been around for a long, long time. They got thousands and thousands of customers. They have thousands and thousands of products, and thousands of contracts and thousands of SKUs. And so what we're doing there is we're creating an entire private LLM, a private language model that powers their entire corporation. It understands everything they've done, understands kind of all the different contract they've written, all their customer needs, all the different details of their, every product they offer so that you now have that at your fingertips. So think about kind of what ChatGPT does for the public domain knowledge. Suddenly businesses can have their own and everything that they knew, I always tell you know, CEOs and CIOs of large companies, imagine if you knew what you knew, right? Mm-hmm. Just imagine if you knew what you knew, especially multinational companies that have all this data sitting in all, all these different countries in multiple languages. Imagine if I can integrate a single knowledge base for you, mm-hmm. a single model that understands all of this stuff and all of that information is at your fingertips. You can now serve your customers better. You can serve your employees better. You can serve your products and services better. All these things get better because all of that knowledge is integrated in a way that you can actually access and access very, very quickly in a way that most of us have now already experienced in the public domain about kind of, you know, with ChatGPT and what people can use with public information. Imagine if I do that for all your most private information. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a pervasive need that you're fulfilling. You know This is almost every organization out there. There's data all over the place may or may not be organized, but to be able to access it immediately, how quickly can an organization get up to speed when they adopt your platform?
1: That's exactly the beauty of it. And you, you said the word pervasive, which is right now, I'll get back to you in a second. But you think about creating your own model that integrates all the knowledge that you have and allows you a platform that anybody in the company can, through some security access that your clients can control themselves, access the information that the company knows, right? To be able to do that. Today, if you're doing it by yourself as a DIY, do it yourself, then you're having to hire a team of 50 to 100 machine learning people if you can find them. You've got to go and figure out what hardware architecture. You've got to figure out what model. You've got to figure out your data sets to pre-train the models. You've got to go figure out how to actually then train it correctly. What are the training recipes? And then you've got to figure out how to deploy and how to inferencing. All of the things that it takes you to do that might take you 18 months. at fastest sometimes. Some people tell me it's 24 months 30, you know, or more. Well, when we show up, we give you 90 plus percent of that pre-done from plugging it in to actually chatting it is 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then within the first two weeks, we're starting to produce checkpoints that understand a little bit of your business. And then we're reading new data every week, every week and producing new checkpoints. And so that's how we think business can really accelerate that you can go from what would be otherwise 18 months to two years to be able to start taking advantage of AI to something that you might have in your fingertips within
0: weeks. Fantastic. I'd like to switch gears. You know, this podcast is about entrepreneurship. So I do like to talk a little bit about insights from current entrepreneurs that are, you know, doing things well. What was surprising to you about the entrepreneurial journey that you had not anticipated? It seems maybe you were more along the the line of career path progression through corporations. Maybe that's not accurate because there's a lot of intrapreneur activities that happen. But you know, tell us a little bit about your journey and maybe what was surprising.
1: Yeah, I've been at uh, you know two other startups before I started this one with my co-founders. And for me, it's always been about innovation. Right? For me, it's ultimately about can we create something new that allows us to do something that could not be done before, right? And so and whether the large companies enable you to do that or startup enables you to do that, that just depends on the timing and things like that, right? But to me, that was always the North Star. And We're in tech, and so can we go create technology that is new and allows us to do something that couldn't be done before? And so as we kind of thought about uh, this company, we started thinking about, well, where are we today in this journey? What was very clear back in 2015, 2016 was that AI was the next wave, right? Not too different from the internet, that AI was going to be so pervasive. You use the word pervasive. It's going to touch everything that we do. It's going to be in every single day of our lives. In every function of what we do is just a matter of a journey over the next 10, 15, 20 years before everything is AI enabled, right? And so it's a pervasive nature to it. But if you look at kind of where we were back in 2014, 2015, 2016, it wasn't really accessible to a broad range of people. It was actually too hard to gain the skill sets. The companies that we are focusing on now didn't have all those people to be able to participate. And the cost was extremely high. And so we really took that approach of thinking about a technology transition that was gonna be generational, but we really wanted to make it accessible to everybody. And so what would it take in order to enable that? And that was the genesis of the company.
0: Well, you, know, you have a very kind of ambitious undertaking that you're currently pursuing. You've raised a lot of money, now you're scaling. What would you say are key insights about scaling and doing so in a, in a rapid fashion? I imagine culture plays a big role
1: what we decided to take on ultimately was driven by customers always feel like you, you have to solve the problem in the way that customers need you to solve the problem. And so if we had uh, cut the problem in the wrong place, it would incur significant effort on our customer side to take advantage of the tech. Right? So mm-hmm. if I had just said, we only build the chip, you build the software, that would have been too hard right? If we build a software, but not the models, we see this today in the world. There are not enough machine learning people that know how to train models properly. That was too hard. And so a lot of kind of what ended up becoming the complete stack that we have today, and now we're in generation four of the chip and, you know, uh, many, many releases of the software was informed by our customers' asks, right? Our customers' desire to say, can you make it easier and easier and easier? And so for us to do that, it just ultimately became this kind of focus on the customer, focus on what they need. How do we make them more successful, more quickly, right? And by doing that, then we started focusing on the things that really mattered, right? Where, you know, you look at some we're focused very much on these enterprise cases. We don't do a lot of consumer grade tasks. We're very focused on data privacy and data security versus kind of the broader data sets. We're very focused because in order to actually make the complete stack really valuable, we made choices on where our technology is most valuable. And ultimately, it was all about taking the customer's most private data, the most secure data, and training them a private model that they can actually use without having to disclose that. And that's ultimately a culture that we've created around being very customer-focused and making sure that for the things that we're really, really good at, be really, really good at right? Mm -hmm. And the other things, there'll be other players that will cover. I think AI is such a broad market. There'll be lots of players to cover all the other things.
0: And do you find that you're able to hire the right people fast enough? You know, it's always a challenge hiring, you know, from a
1: company like ours, a talent first type of effort, right? And uh, again, we very much focus on innovation. And so creativity and being able to Get ahead of kind of where the market is today is going to be really important. I know one of the things that you know we're always thinking about is well, what are some of the insights that we got out of this. Well, innovation doesn't really happen in the present. You're trying to figure out what's coming next, right? And so you you know when people are thinking about Gen AI and uh, you're thinking about kind of what you use it now, we're starting to think about well, when's the put pervasively by pervasive AI, what happens? And so we have to get people that can think ahead, see ahead of what the needs are because development takes time, innovation takes time. And so you wanna intercept it when the world's there, right? Mm -hmm. Not after the world got there, right? You gotta intercept it when the world's there. And we think that pervasive AI is the problem that we have to solve. The models individually are okay and not that interesting and all of us are solving it, but deploying it everywhere. -hmm. Deploying it with security and privacy everywhere is something hard. And we have to find people that understand that problem, understand it, and have the creativity to figure out how to address that given this entire platform around AI that we can use in order to solve that.
0: A key component, and this is going to be an obvious statement, but a key component to your company being successful is the capital, having the right amount of capital there, the right partners. You've got an incredible set of investors, brand names, SoftBank, BlackRock, Intel, Google, how much of the makeup of that investor base, how much of that has influenced the success of the company and the path that it's on?
1: Oh, super important. You have to get people who view the world through the same lens, right? That it's a journey. AI is going to be a journey. It's going to be a complete transformation to our industry, but we have to stay in it for the long haul. Right. And so you have to stay in, you have to continue to invest, you have to produce product after product after product, learn with the customers, engage with them and then continue to improve. And so having these long term investors in has been just tremendous because not only, of course, they can support the company financially, but they also have this vision of how do we help the industry transform? Because, you know, these trillion dollar industries, they don't change overnight. Right, And so you have to go on the journey with the clients as they learn about AI and and as they transform their entire business to be all AI enabled.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to close with a couple of questions, but before we do that, I'd like to get the best advice or insight you received about building a company.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I would say focus on customer needs. It's hard to create a product and then try to invent a need right? Think about what customer needs are and address that, right? If you have a need and you can solve that with a solution, you have a chance, you have a product without a need, that's significantly harder.
0: Okay. Last set of questions. One, can you tell us about a person who has had a profound influence on you? You
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. so, So many people over my career have been so influential, but the more I thought about it, one of the things that Kind of resonated when I was thinking about this uh, the other day was you know, my children, I have two children, They're, uh, one graduated from college already, one is in college. And I think about how I think about this company now versus when I started my career, children teach you a lot, right? And why? Because there are days where you're micro and there are days when you're macro. There are days when you're focused on short term, there's days when you're focusing on long term right? Some days they just need you there today just to solve that one math problem with them. Some days they're worrying about kind of, well, what do I do when I grow up, right? And so that tension of being able to go macro, micro, macro, micro, and thinking short-term, long-term, short-term, long-term is one of those things that is absolutely critical in doing any type of entrepreneur type of work. You're in there thinking about day-to-day, what do I do today and how do I solve today's problems? And yet you have to have this vision of where this thing is going, right? Because you can't get lost in the day-to-day and then wake up and realize that you're nowhere close to where you're supposed to be, right? But that tension of being able to constantly do the short-term if you're too strategic all the time and you're not worried about the short term, that doesn't work either because you're an entrepreneur. And So I saw a lot of parallels around, like, well, what about that? And my two children have just taught me a lot about how to actually you know keep those in balance and be able to continuously do those things so that you know over time, you're in the right place.
0: That's a great insight. OK, last question. Can you tell us about a charity cause or other endeavor that you're passionate about?: I grew up in Brazil.
1: Where again, yeah, we was fortunate enough to have great education, but not everybody does. And you see that across the world where education is so important and yet yeah, access to it is not very easy to get. And so for me, education is so important. I've always been very supportive, both with my time and financial, when I can to support those. You know, I've been on a number of educational institutions where, I'm as part of the board, to really help figure out how to actually continue to help the next generation, right? I mean, we're all here for a period of our productive lives in our career and kind of have to invest in the next generation. And so, um, you know, we'd love to continue to be more active in that, you know, and and really kind of bringing a little bit more parity across the world on how to kind of uh, make education more accessible
0: to everybody. Excellent. Well, that's a nice note to end on. Rodrigo, I want to thank you again for taking the time. This has been a wonderful conversation. Great. Thanks for having me, RJ.